Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Embracing the Gray with Vic and Kels, where we challenge the all or nothing thinking when it comes to all things food, body, and mindset. I am really excited today. We are going to be talking about a term that I just learned about. I had never heard of this before until I think it was like Sunday, and it is the idea of productivity dysmorphia. And uh, I would love, what is your take? When you, when you first heard me talk about that, what are some of the things that you've now learned when you hear productivity dysmorphia, Miss Vic? Yeah, so I, it was yesterday when Kelsey had mentioned the topic to me, I was like, oh, what does that look like? And then once I started thinking about it and like mulling on it for a little bit, um, I was definitely like, oh, I definitely struggle with that. That's definitely Mm -hmm. something that I, it's just been a repeated thing throughout my life. Um, But essentially we can kind of go into like who coined this term. It's um, Anna Codria Rado. And um, I'll just kind of read it to you. It's called productivity dysmorphia. It sits at the intersection of burnout, imposter imposter syndrome, and anxiety. Uh, it could explain why you feel so down about your productivity, even when it's clear to everyone else that you are doing a great job. Um, so obviously most everyone has probably heard of the term imposter syndrome and a lot of people can probably relate to that if they've been highly achieving and whatnot, but I, I'm excited to hear your perspective. Cause I thought of something this morning on my walk of just my relationship to work and like productivity versus your relationship to work and productivity. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited to talk because I know this is something that I've struggled with and it's, it's interesting because it also relates to my relationship with food. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that it also said in that article, and we'll be sure to post the article in the show notes. Um, it said that productivity dysmorphia is ambitions alter ego. And that just really struck, like stuck with me because obviously like our, our whole program is for ambitious women who struggle with feeling out of control or obsessively thinking about food to help them feel at peace in their body and confident in who they are. But it's really the reason that the program is for ambitious women is because ambitious women tend to have really high expectations for themselves, which is awesome. Like it does push us. I, I find that the women that come into our group And they say it like your vibe attracts your tribe. So go figure that this, our tribe is a lot like me. (laughs) Um, But we tend to struggle with perfectionism. We tend to struggle with feeling like we have these really high expectations, always feeling like we're falling short um, and feeling like we just, we're not good enough. And I think like for me, that is the core of all of it. Because I'm not good enough. and this was a huge issue and and was a a huge reason why I kept um, struggling, especially with binge eating or overeating at night. Because for me, I would come to the end of the day, it was always like five or six o'clock, especially like 2020, man, when like I had it in my head, right? It's, It's the pandemic and I was already working online before the pandemic hit. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I've been prepared for this. I should, this should be go time for me. Like I have a head start on everybody. And instead, like I would come to the end of every single day, like five or six o'clock. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, you piece of shit. Like 
how like, it was awful. Like the, the way that I would talk to myself about myself, I would be like, you did nothing. It is an end of the day. You've done nothing with your life. You like, you haven't posted anything. You didn't do this. You didn't do this. You didn't do this. Like what the heck is wrong with you and go figure that then I would end up going and binge eating or overeating because number one, I really just wanted a distraction from that really uncomfortable, shameful emotion. Yeah. But number two, like food gave me, um, it was a way for me to kind of procrastinate. It was a way for me to kind of like, cause I, I just, I never felt like I could call it a day. I never felt like I could be done. I was working up until like, I would crash until like 10 o'clock at night. And I was just, it was never enough. And, um, so that's what it comes down for me. And it, it, it's the same thing kind of with like that body dysmorphia, right? I was never lean enough. I was never thin enough. My stomach was never flat enough. So that's the big thing for me is not enoughness. So I had an interesting person. I have an interesting perspective. Um, and it's mostly just because of my, I guess, lived experience, but I, for a very long time, I have been told this and I've also told this to myself that, um, I can do a lot of things right, but I can't get the eating and body weight stuff Ooh. under control. Ooh. And so from a very young age, from a very, like, I've always had, I mean, my, I've I mean, I come from like a lot of, you know, just business owner type people, mm -hmm. entrepreneur spirit type people. And so I've always had this kind of internal drive. My parents are very driven people as well. Um, but I always just thought, well, if I can't do, if I can't get my body weight under control, if I can't enjoy exercise, if I have like suck with eating, like these were the things I was saying, mm -hmm. then I might as well just throw everything into my work. Oh, yeah. And so I can, I mean, in nursing, like I was telling Kelsey when she was living with us for like a month, like I can sit for 12 hours and not think about moving, mm -hmm. not think about, um, you know, getting something that will be more sustainable for me, you know, eating wise, like, because I'm just going to throw everything into this one thing, which is work, or it was college at the time or a business or whatever, because this is the only thing that I'm good at. And then on top of that, and then on top of that, I would get to the end of the day and just be like, what the hell did you do? Or, you know, somebody would make a comment like, oh my gosh, you're always doing these like really cool things. And I'm just like, yeah, but I could be doing more. I'm not, I'm not to where I want to be. And I just always have this thing, like there's always somebody working harder than me. And like, we all have the same 24 hours. So why am I not doing more? Why am I not doing more, 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 more? Like, and so it's just been interesting to think about it that way, because I, I really, I think that a lot of it is that, that I was able to, you know, achieve certain things or do certain things because I didn't feel like I could do the other things right. Oh my gosh, this resonates like so crazy. Then, oh then I was thinking, well, what if I had a healthy relationship with food and maybe I played like, because uh, I did like individual weightlifting, right? Yeah. High school. But like, if I was in a team sport and I had those things, would I be where I am today? If I did have a healthy relationship with food and I wasn't hustling or working as much, I don't know. 
so then I just I could go on and on about it but that that is the root of a lot of it is that like I don't feel like I have this body weight you know wait I'm always weight cycling like those types of things are always happening so I might as well do something I know that I can do consistently oh my gosh okay I've never thought of I was so I just love your perspective but then I lived with you for a month yes and and to get Kelsey to sit down is it's like trying to put a two-year-old in timeout. <laughs> like, and, but then, and I'm looking, so Kelsey's like, oh my gosh, I wish I could just sit and grind. And yeah. I'm over here like, I wish that I had the inkling to go for a walk. Like, I wish yes. that I could just go, oh my gosh, I could just. But like, this was, which is also why I really loved, I loved living with you for like three weeks because I think we did a really nice job of complimenting each other and, and right. like making you actually take a lunch break and like go for it. Like, and you helped me like actually sit still. Um, and, and so it just, but it clicked in me and it was like, holy crap. Like it's the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves because I did the same thing, but in the opposite, I was like, well, I'm not, I'm never going to get this time management thing. Right. I'm never going to be able to like actually get things accomplished. I always procrastinate. I always put things off. So I might as well just have an awesome body, (laughs) which is, is so ridiculous. But like, so for a lot of people, like they come, like, how do you have the discipline to work out? Dude, that is not discipline. That is me. Like, that is what I love to do. It is like basically telling someone who like loves knitting to like, or loves reading, like, how do you exactly like it is my form of procrastination and it just looks like I'm disciplined or whatever else. But, and that's why it was so devastating to me whenever I struggled with food or struggled with my body, because I was like, this is the one thing I have. Like, this is all I have. If I don't have a good body, if I don't have, if I don't have that, I have nothing. I am nothing because I'll never figure out this, this productivity thing. Um, And it's just so interesting to hear your, your perspective of it too. It's just like, (laughs) I know, I know it's laughable. Just the, I mean, it really just does come down to the stories that we're telling ourselves and at the same time, regardless of, you know, the work that I have put in, I, that there, that not enoughness is still kind of the root of, of, of it all. Uh, and it's just, and the other, the other aspect of it is just the, the culture that we live in. And I was reading just about the term, you know, productivity dysmorphia and that like, it's so talked about, like, especially, you know, you, your bosses are praising you for working so much and, you don't take a break. Like, that's a good thing. Like I, you know, was in the hospital working and it was, it was the people that were working the back-to-back shifts, like, you know, work at 12, have four hours off and go work another 12. Like that was cool. And so that hustle culture mentality of like sleep is for the week, all of those things are only fueling this, this concept, this thing that the story that we're telling ourselves, um, and that dramatically changed for me when, you know, I, I had worked so hard, you know, for my nursing degree. And I thought that it was going to, there was this picture in my head that I was going to be in the hospital working for a very long period of time. And that stopped a year and a half in. And so like my identity was like, you know, I take a new job, your brother. And I actually talk about this a lot. Like we worked our asses off in the hospital. Like it wasn't a hard day unless like we were getting, I mean, running back and forth throughout the hospital and 
having X amount of patients and turning over X amount of rooms. And it almost feels like the job that I have now is less than because I'm not physically exerting as much. Mm -hmm. And it, it still goes into this thing of like, well, am I actually getting stuff done if I'm not like blood, sweat and tears into my job? Ugh. Oh my gosh. It, this is the stuff. So it, I have a mentor, um, Sunny Leonard Doozy, who I absolutely love if anyone ever um, <laughs> wants to look her up on YouTube, but she's always talking about doing less. Mm. And, and it is, it's like this idea it, and it's, it's almost painful for me, but it, yeah. it's the same idea that like, we get more done and we are more effective when we are able to do less and when we are able to like, but do things really, really well. This is a, oh, a book, another book, um, uh, Greg McEwen. Oh my gosh, guys, look up this book. He's got essentialism and I'm in the middle right now of effortless. And it is like essentialism, literally the title is the disciplined pursuit of less. Mm -hmm. And it's this idea of just like, we can only do so much. And then the idea of, of effortless, his whole thing is like, only do as much as you can right now that you can recover from today. I remember talking to you about this. I was this. gonna say, this is something that I, yeah. Oh, dude, I remember, cause you'd be so excited when we were building out the course, right? And oh my gosh, guys, like the graphics and like anything that's beautiful in our Rediscover You free course, is by Victoria. Like she is an unbelievably amazing graphic designer and like all the things. And there'd be times like all of a sudden she'd be like sending me a message at like two or three in the morning with an idea. And I'd be like, Victoria, I wake up the next morning. I'm like, what did you do? <laughs> like, and, and you would do this, like you'd get, oh, I was just so excited. I just have to keep going. I have to keep going. But then you would burn out by the end of the week. Like you'd have nothing left. You just, and, and you'd get sick like yeah. physically sick. <laughs> well, and I mean that I think in a way it's that all or nothing mindset, you know, being infiltrated into every aspect yes. of life. And I mean, it's like saying that, you know, going to the gym, the people that say like, this is what if this was your last workout? Like, okay, yeah, maybe it would be your last workout and you, you know, we're going to peace out to earth. Right. But like, right don't kill yourself at a workout. If you're not, I, I, I look at going into my workouts, like, yeah, I want to challenge myself, but not to the point where I can't go the next day or I can't move my body the next day. Um, and like the same thing with like productivity and stuff, it's kind of bringing it back to that. I think something that you have to acknowledge, and I guess it took me a while to figure out, like, there's never going to be a day where your to-do list is done. Never. Like it is a ever rolling there are going to be things, the more that you get into a journey or entrepreneurship, or, I mean, the, the, bo the Pandora's box that we opened, like building a, like the course out, like, oh, well, we need this, but we need this. And it has a subscription and like all of these things, the more responsibility you take on the more things that come with it. Um, and just the realization that, okay, yeah, there's always going to be a to-do list. And that's okay. And to choose to just do a few of those things every day and make it manageable to the point where you can look back at the end of the day and say, Oh, I got, I said I was going to do those things and I got them done. Mm -hmm. Um, because that I think is because 
the term it starts with the awareness that there is something to the to to what you've been experiencing right that feeling of why can't if if somebody says like oh my gosh Kelsey like you built this amazing thing you're like yeah 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 which you're not really I don't know I don't see you as that type of person I think that you recognize that like that you've built this you know yeah but when it comes to other things um to to take pride in that and say yeah I did do that and I did put a lot of hard work in uh, but it's the awareness of the term. And then how can you work towards recognizing the things? And you do a good job of that, of recognizing your wins and those types of things. Now, now it, yes. I was about to say, so it's actually been a huge practice. And so a couple of things, I just want to make sure like steps that, and, and things that tools or, or tactics, I would like people to walk away from. Um, number one, and this is again, taking it back to my self-love journal and, and prompts and, and different things in there it, at the end of the day is like, I am proud that, or I accomplished. And, um, I have a client, Abby, who she talks about like making a done list. Mm-hmm. So rather than a to-do list, making a done list, giving yourself just like two to five minutes to sit back. And I do this every single night. And it is the only thing that keeps me sane is like, okay, I did do this. I did do this. Like, and sometimes it's small things. Like, honestly, like yesterday, like, let's see, I even have some of mine. Like I made sure I had four beautiful meal experiences that had high protein and fiber. (laughs) Like I, I made that podcast teaser and like little small things. Like I took two hours of monotasking, like, and I have this written down under, I am proud that. And so making sure that you recognize and give yourself that little dopamine hit that is so, so necessary for you to realize I did do things. Another thing that I would really recommend, and this is something I will absolutely be practicing today because yesterday was on the point. Oh, it yes. was, oh my gosh. We'll both be doing it. Oh my gosh. This for me, it's a hard stop. Well, oh, and the monotasking. Yeah. So that's the other monotasking, but like the hard stop, giving yourself a constraint and sticking to it. Um, so today I, I literally have it in my calendar at 6 p.m. today. I am done. I'm clocking out. It's a hard stop. I'm going and I'm, and sometimes for me, I have to actually make an appointment with someone else or like I have to. So like I've told my parents, I'm coming over for dinner. Like it's not that I necessarily need, but I need to leave the house because I'm able to work. And that's something too, right? We can work from home so yeah. we can just keep working. Yep. Um, And so like to give myself this constraint of like, no, you're done. And if it's not done, it's not done. It's okay. Cause guess what? That to-do list will never be done. You will never feel completely done. It doesn't exist. And I think sometimes we get in that place and you and I did this where we just be like, when we finish the course, Yes. When we finish the course, then we'll feel good. When we finish this thing, then we'll feel good. When we finish the challenge, then we'll feel it was. And then it was always something else. It was well, like, it was like we were putting off or, oh my gosh. And it's organizing the Google drive. Okay. Oh yes. I'm going to do that today. Oh, but like, we'll get we'll, like, once this slows down, then we'll organize the drive or like, and, and it's the same thing with focusing on like strictly just weight loss. Like you're never, it's that like, well, once I get to this weight, then all that whole thing, that whole mindset of, or once life gets quiet, then I'll work on my relationship with food. Once life, 
you know, once things slow down, then I'll do, I mean, I thought that <laughs> when I like, we, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to be a nurse and only work three 12 hour shifts. Like, could somebody have slapped me across 18 year old face? Like what the heck? That was the most stressful time of my life um, to, to have to do that stuff. But realizing, I think one of the, that book that I mentioned last week, the happiness project, um, something she talked about was, and I can't relay it exactly, but basically that you don't have to go anywhere to change your life. Like you can do it right now. And that right now is the, I mean, everyone knows this, but it's the only time that you have. And so just that perspective of like, there's not, I can't keep putting things off to a time when when we don't live in a vacuum, like there's not going to be just this like laser focused time. Um, and that it is a discipline to be, I mean, productivity, we've been monotasking. It's this lovely thing, but like, I'll look at the link that, yeah. I mean, discount code, you know, space time monotasking. If you're interested, we can totally wrap it for you. I know. Can you explain what it is so people know? And then, yeah. So monotasking, it's, it's literally just choosing one to there's people that do two or three tasks within a set period of time. And it's, it's that concept that Kelsey and I were just talking about, like doing a few things really well. Um, And, and for people that I think, especially for people that work from home, it creates the accountability of, you know, there's that social, I guess, aspect of it, but essentially we get on zoom for either one to two hours during the day and you say, hey, you commit to this Zoom people, these Zoom people, like, hey, I'm going to do these few tasks. And the girl's so cute. Her name's MJ. She like lights a candle and she sets the timer. And then like halfway through, she's like, okay, you know, we're, we have, you've reached the halfway point. Where are you at? And she lets you set an intention at the beginning, but you literally can only work on that one thing that you committed to. Yes. And that. it doesn't have to be complete. It's just that you're working towards that thing. Um, So for people that work from home or, you know, remotely, it's so, I mean, I just think it's so helpful because it does, it does kind of break down that like hustle culture mentality that you have to work for nine hours. Well, what if you can get nine hours of work done within, you know, two, three, two hour little windows well, that's a huge thing. Context switching, right? We're constantly yeah. going from one thing to the next. Everyone, like, it feels like everyone and their mom right now is struggling with ADHD. Part of that is the constant context switching of, of social media, all of the things that we're having coming at us and feeling like we have so many priorities that we're just like, well, I should be doing this. And then I'm doing this. And then I have my phone and then, and then nothing gets done. We get to the end of the day and we're just like, what did I do? And it's because you never spent a certain amount of time, just really focusing on one thing, which allows you to get into flow. Like there is an actual flow state. And while it may seem so, and it was, it was silly for us to like, oh my gosh, are we really going to invest in this to like, just be on a zoom call with like random strangers (laughs) and just do the work that we should be doing anyway. But I don't know how to explain it it's so helpful. Like, like I, I leave my camera on and I'm just like, and though no one cares, yeah, I've paid to be there. <laughs> like, so, I can get to one thing, but yeah, keep going. That, so let's think of, I mean, we've kind of already talked about a few of them, but like getting out of this productivity dysmorphia, being able to recognize that yes, 
you are accomplished in the things that you set out to do. Um, so the first thing I think is the awareness yes. of, yes, there is a term for it. And there is, I think it's an ever-changing thing with how our culture changes, but it's that awareness of, okay. So then once you start have that awareness, you start thinking, you know, oh, I do struggle with that. Or that is something that I've, it's come up for me in the past. Um, and, and to Kelsey's point, like her, the three, two, one journal thing, that is, I still do that. I've been, I, I've added the three things that I add to it are the three critical tasks that I do every I day that. that move me towards the general trajectory of where I want to go. Yesterday, it was journal, making my bed and laundry. Like, awesome. That is what it is. And then there's other days that I write more than three things and I get those, those things done. Um, but being able to have a to-do list. So there's a way of like getting the clutter out of your head and writing everything down. I call it a brain dump of yeah. like literally everything. Mm-hmm. I usually separate it. I did it on a plane the other day. Ooh. I usually separate it into different aspects of life. Mm-hmm. So like I have like personal family, career, um, business, home, and those are typically, those are kind of like my areas, my spheres, if you will. Um, and I just like went off and I just did all those. I just wrote everything out, did little check boxes. Um, and then I didn't look at that every single, you know, Mm -hmm. I didn't use that as like my daily thing. I would make a to-do list for the day and just pick maybe one thing from each of those and write that down. And, there were days that, you know, some of them got done, others didn't, but it's that feeling of getting all that stuff onto paper and then just choosing those things every day. Um, so, and having the proof of those check boxes does something to your brain and allows you to actually see, oh, I did do this and to kind of celebrate that win. And one thing I will say about that, just because I have struggled with this, Like we would, you and I would do this thing where we were like, all right, I'm going to list my top three tasks and we would put it on a sticky note and you and I would take a picture and we were sending it to one another and you would get all of your things checked off. And I would come to the end of every, like, dude, this happens so often. I'd come to the end of the day and be like, F, I didn't do my three things. And part of the problem, and I would just like to reiterate this for myself and for others, my three things were like 20 things that I had wrapped up into three. Like I would say, do YouTube video. Do you know how many freaking steps go into a YouTube video as far as writing the description, writing the the script, coming up with the title, coming up with the hashtags, coming up with like the thumbnail. Like there is so, there are so many steps. And then for me to just have this idea, YouTube video, well, of course it doesn't get done. And then of course you feel like a failure. Like notice the things you said, make bed, like you know, sometimes like make some of those tasks. So they're actually achievable, shrink the change. So it's actually manageable because otherwise I would come to the end of the day feeling like a failure all over again. Yeah. Bite-sized, literally bite-sized pieces. Um, whether, you know, one of the things that Kelsey and I practice, like keeping a budget and, mm-hmm. um, like the thought of doing my whole budget, like right now towards the end of the month for August, is really daunting, but at least, Mm -hmm. you know, going through my receipts, Yeah, we have four days left of the, of the month. Like, okay, day one, I'm going to go through my receipts. 
day two, I'm going to upload them into Wave, which is, you know, something that we use for write-offs and all of the budgeting things. Day, you know, day three, and I'm just doing this for myself. Yeah, no, this, this is great. great example of what I would do is today I'm going to go through my receipts. The next day I'm going to upload them all because, you know, you got to sort them and it takes a while. And then um, I use like a Google, a Google Excel sheet and I'll assess my budget from last month. And then, you know, going into the next month, what it's going to look like. Um, and, and just these like little bite-sized pieces. It's not that I'm going to sit for four hours and do this whole budget thing. Cause we we've been traveling for two weeks. So like I have more receipts than my normal everyday life. And so I'm not going to make it so overwhelming that one, I'm going to avoid it or two, I'm just not going to mm-hmm. get it done. Um, and so it has to be these like little, little small things. And, and for a while, like I really did struggle with my laundry. <laughs> yeah. I remember I would wait until things would get so big and audacious and scary that I wouldn't do them. Um, but just these like little bite-sized pieces. And this is not something that I was necessarily good at. It's something that takes discipline to, to develop and for you to be like, well, if just the, are you really going to be all or nothing about your laundry too? Right. Yes. Are you going to do that? No, just do the little things. And over time it's going to compound and it's going to you're going to be able to look back and say, oh, okay, I see it now. Yes. I think that's huge. Like guys, like legit recognizing that all or nothing thinking and how it's in almost every aspect of our lives. Like I've seen this even with meal prep, right? And we just, we have the meal prep um, that we do in our Rediscover You free program. And like, you know, we break it up into three days. Day one, literally just write out the recipes you're going to be using and try and, and, and consolidate the ingredients. Just make the grocery list for those recipes. That's it. Day two, pick up the groceries. That's it. Day three, that's when you actually cut up and like do some prepping. And it's not like you're cooking all the meals. You're literally just cutting up the vegetables so they're ready to go for the week, right? Like it's those little, like cooking up the, the protein. So it's breaking it up into those smaller pieces. And I think the other thing too is elongating the time horizon right? Like as I think that was always my issue is I was always feeling like, well, this should have been done yesterday. Well, this should have been done yesterday. Well, this should have been done already. Well, it's not Kels. So, so let it go and recognize like, it's going to take a while. Like that's even on your fat loss journey, people that's on your, your weight loss journey. That's on for my, my business journey. Like instead of feeling like, well, I need to make this amount of clients like today, I need to make this money today. What are the things that I'm doing so that this is sustainable and will be, you know, improving for the next year, five years, 10 years, like looking at it from that lens, as opposed to like, well, I'm, I should be there already. I should, I should, I should. Yeah. And I think it, it looking, understanding that. So a great example, I was talking to my cousin about this last night. Um, cause he's just like for the first time going to therapy and all these things, but I was telling him like, it, this is a lifetime process. Like you are not going to have these things figured out. And the more that you, I feel like get into like self-development and just trying to be a better human, you recognize like, okay, yeah, this is, this is for life. Um, but one of the things that James Clear talks about atomic habits, we'll link it in the show notes, <laughs> favorite book. Um, but it's these like those just 1% little changes. Mm -hmm. And 
and that a habit really isn't a habit unless you're doing it every day regard like it's it's not a 21 day fix it's not a 90 or 75 or whatever it's that you have to be doing these things every single day for them to be a habit um and and that understanding of it takes that pressure off that I have to figure it out in 20 days or 90 days or whatever and that I'm just somebody put it this way I was reading an article like I'm just resolving to be the type of person that moves their body every day like the resolution type thing that comes about but I'm just resolving that I am the type of person that wants to keep record of the things that happen in my life even if it isn't bullet points Mm -hmm. like and to do to recognize that that time horizon just saying yeah this is for life I'm going to be improving myself for the rest of my life my to-do list is going to be a rolling to-do list for the next 80 years like it, it is what it is um and once you acknowledge those things and accept that this isn't this little time crunch type of thing and that the to-do list is going to be revolving it takes the pressure off of like yeah there's always going to be something to do gosh, if I didn't have something to do, I'd be very bored. Yes. (laughs) Like that's just the reality of it. Um, And you would create your own problem. Like that's just how the brain works. Like (laughs) you would create your own problems or something else. Like just recognize like that's, that's kind of how our brain, it has a negativity bias for a reason. It's not there to help you thrive. It's there to help you survive. And so it's going to be focusing on those negative things. But when you're aware of that, that that's just what your brain is doing and that your thoughts are not facts, (laughs) right? That you have the ability to change your thoughts, to change your perspective. Ooh, which I guess I never got to Rebecca's win. I don't know if I shared it or not. Um, This just kind of like, I had a client yesterday who shared an amazing win and it was about more body dysmorphia, but it was the coolest thing where she was able to look in the mirror on Sunday. She was she leads worship at her church, um, and sings and like, it's, you know, it's live streamed and there was three different, like, anyway, it was just a big deal. And she put on this dress that, you know, two months ago she felt pretty good in. And then when she put on the dress this Sunday, she was just like, I don't like it. Oh my gosh. I don't like the way I look in this. Like what the heck? And then all of a sudden she caught herself and she literally, she's like, wait a minute, this is a lie. She literally like, She's like, this is a lie. This is not real. This is, this is my brain being silly and trying to protect me from like being ostracized or rejected or whatever else. But she's like, this isn't truth. And she's like, I'm keeping this on and I'm going to go and I'm going to be confident and I'm going to, you know, spread the joy of whatever and just, just be a vessel for God or whatever you want to say. But she's like, this is a lie. And then she went and she taught and the amount of people that came up to her, she was like, it was ridiculous. Even like her mom, like who was watching on live stream, just like, you are just radiating. You look so beautiful. You're stunning. I just can't believe like you're angelic, like just all these, like this, I mean, which we shouldn't always rely on external validation, but how lovely for her to just kind of have that moment. She's like, it was a lie. It was just my brain trying to tell me something and when I chose that I was going to have confidence and I was going to bring this beautiful energy, that's what people saw. Yeah. And so and that reinforced those comments, reinforced the fact that it was a lie and that she was, mm-hmm. oh, I love that. 
it was the coolest thing. Like if you listen to our coaching call replay, just her telling the story is just amazing. And I think just, I I would like to kind of like, in a sense, wrap things up in the idea of just like, guys, the whole idea and the, the, the resounding term or whatever else is that dysmorphia that it is, it is your perception and your perception is your own reality, but you have the ability to change and reframe the way that you are perceiving something. And when you recognize that your thoughts are not facts and that you have the ability to change your thoughts, I'm in the middle of Untethered Soul, by the way, another book. I, yeah, well, I'm like, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think of the Rebecca's win and I'm just thinking, she recognized that she was just observ- she was just the observer of that yes. thought and that she wasn't the actual person, you know, doing that thing. But yes, another soul, man, that'll get you. Oh my gosh. Another, I've written all the books. We've got Effortless Essentialism, Happiness Project, Atomic Habits, and Untethered Soul. I, you know, I think I'm just going to make like a list, like a a PDF. And if you guys would like um, links to all of the books, uh, I I promise you books have changed our lives. And um, Untethered Soul is really, really lovely to help you recognize that voice inside of your head. It's not you. These thoughts are not real. Um, and it's just, and that's the same thing with this productivity thing. So like you have the ability to say, no, this is enough. And I think that was another thing, like just recognizing guys there, this fact, you can never become enough. Yeah. You just are. Like it just is. It just is. <laughs> but like there, once you recognize that there's never I mean, I just think of people that are extra, that have just reached incredible levels and they're still going like they, they still put their head down and they work because there is a point where you're just like, it won't ever be enough. There won't ever be enough like time in the day. There's never going to be enough. Even if my day was to extend to a 48 hour regular day, like I would be asking for 60 hour days. Yes. Like that's just the reality of human nature. That's just the reality of, you know, our life. But once you can recognize like, yeah, there's just these realities that I'm, I'm always going to feel that. And to have the grace and understanding that wrapping it kind of in grace and just saying, yeah, I can get stuff done, but I also need to rest. And I can, there might be times where I feel like I I've not done anything, but look at all the evidence of the things that I have done. Um, and I've done that before. I've written out a list of the things that it was for something else that my mentor had asked me to do, but like the things that I have accomplished and the things that I've gone through and that I've overcome. And it, it creates a sense of confidence that, man, I know that when something else like that comes up in my life, I'm going to be able to tackle it. And I know that when I have a really hard project or something, I have proof that I've done it before. Um, I'm going to attach another worksheet. It's called checking the facts just because you were talking about like thoughts, not being facts, Mm -hmm. but it just, it's, um, it's again, like a, a dialectical behavioral therapy type of worksheet, but talking about when you do catch it, when like Rebecca did catch that thing, that thought, um, checking the facts and being like, is this, are the emotions that I'm experiencing actually what reality is telling me? Mm -hmm. And if not, then peace out, you know? So I used to do that a lot and it helps you also kind of reframe the things that you're thinking. 
I love this. I'm really excited about this topic. Like it's been, I think that it, it is just kind of this, it, so many things go hand in hand and it is that kind of all or nothing. And I really do love like with the dialect, di- I can never say it. DBT. Yeah. DBT. Like it's this idea of to get out of the or, right? Yeah. It's, it's not this or this, it that and. Yep. Right. Like I can have that and in there, like I can be really productive and I can enjoy and take rest. Right. Like the most that was, and, and saying, not saying, but like, mm. I love you. And I also need you to do this because it's important to me mm. or what, however you want to put it. Um, I am productive and yeah, I need to rest. I need to recharge myself. Mm-hmm. And it creates that it breaks down the, the, that dichotomous thinking of it has to be this way or the highway. I have to either be really productive or mm-hmm. I have to be on the couch dead tired. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully you guys understand that this whole thing is about embracing the gray and that whole name was structured around this, this type of specifically this type of, um, therapy and framework, which maybe one day we can do kind of like talking through the different DBT things. Cause that was a big, a big thing for me. I'm still putting it out there into the universe, even though we're coming to the end of the July. So by the way, any listeners, I am wanting to put together a retreat. It would be our third annual rediscover you self-love retreat. Um, and putting it on here in Scottsdale when it's going to be beautiful. So it would be the third week of October and I'm going to try and have Miss Victoria fly out and actually teach it live. We'll have a whole bunch of um, different live trainings and um, just a beautiful activities. activities um, lots of, you know, we'll, we'll work out together. We'll have yoga together. Um, we'll have meals together and um, there's beautiful places to hike and a beautiful pool and all of the things. So Um, if you are interested in learning more about that, um, or joining us, please DM me or you can DM Victoria as well, but, um, we'll, we'll leave our Instagram handles down below, but I, I'm putting it out into the universe. And I know once it's actually scheduled, then it will be a reality, but the more people that we know are interested and I'll be cooking. So like fabulous. Cause I will not, (laughs) (laughs) that's a breath of fresh air for Kels. Oh my gosh. Well, we I love it. And make sure to um, uh, subscribe so that you guys get notifications when we are posting. We are in the regular cadence of every Tuesday releasing content for you guys. Um, and then also make sure if you're able to leave a review slash rating um, because it has been able to grow to where it's at because of you guys and um, everybody sharing the word. So We appreciate you guys. Yes. Have a good rest of your week. All right, guys. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.